Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts, Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Jen, I'm just wondering, how are you today? I am well. Um, This episode is just the two of us today. I am well. Uh, Lots on my mind. I was thinking this morning, like, I'm so, I've become kind of conversationally boring. Like, I really want to talk about spaghetti squash. Like, <laughs> this morning, I was like, God, I really want to talk to somebody about spaghetti squash. And then I took another beat, and I was like, that is the most boring conversation. <laughs> like, what I'm naturally, like, wanting to discuss, you know, is pretty boring right now. Yeah, I understand that. I often feel that way in therapy. Like, um, I don't know. What do I have to talk about that's that interesting, really? I mean, there's, pro- you know, that that's just, but that sometimes is like a, let me talk about the boring shit so I don't have to talk about the, the other shit, you know? True, 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 um, true. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, like, what are my, like, therapy things? Like, what are my really lingering insecurities? Um, mm-hmm. And I've realized my biggest one is I still feel kind of stupid, like, I don't know why. I've proven myself in a million different ways, but I find ways to validate this insecurity of feeling dumb. And I know it comes from being raised by people who, you know, didn't graduate high school and we didn't have any books in my house. And, you know, it was just not a very intellectual house. And so everything I've learned was kind of, you know, through a pretty rush job in college when I went back like the third time and then anything I've picked up like very autodidact but I miss references all the time still and it is really something that bothers me a lot yeah I get that you know I I grew up with an older brother who I worshipped and who was very very mean to me we're close now but he was a fucking meanie when he was little and he always used to make me feel really dumb he went to the fancy private school across town that my other brother and I didn't test into. And we just, you know, there were, it, was a, it was not a good situation. We really worshipped him and he was really mean. And then when I grew, and I thought very dumb as a result. And when I grew up, someone was like, when we were both grown up, someone was like, Mike, why were you so mean to Kim? And he said, she was born. And 
it was like this one, like the, the skies parted. I was like, that's all it was? Like, I wasn't a fucking useless idiot. It's just that I was born. It was actually a, a major moment for me. Yeah, you know what? I can relate to that. And I forget that you're not an oldest sister. No. Because you do have some oldest sister vibes, but I forget that. And I'm obviously the oldest sister. I mean, my parents didn't have any children when they were 13, thank God. <laughs> um, but I had that same thing with my brother. And he, he's 11 years younger than I am. And it was when he came around, I was like, oh, come on. Like, really, <laughs> we're doing this again? You know? uh-huh. like, and, you know, I think as a result, like sibling relationships... We don't talk a lot. We talk a lot about how damaging and challenging parental relationships are or can be. But we don't, or parent-child relationships, we don't talk a lot about how complicated sibling relationships can be and how much, like, you know, there's a little bit of, like, kick the dog with a a younger sibling, especially. Mm -hmm. I am taking a road trip with my brother in two weeks, and... We've been slightly estranged for a number of reasons that I won't get into, but my grandfather, who abandoned his family, my grandfather on my mother's side abandoned his family to move to Las Vegas to become an opera singer in the Venetian Hotel in Vegas. Um, Super eccentric and possibly kind of awful person, but he's dying (laughs) in Vegas. He's 91 Mm -hmm. years old. He lives alone um, with a new puppy. Um, also still drives, but gets into like crashes all the time. He's, he's kind of nuts, but my brother and I have decided to take a road trip together to go visit him before he's, while he's still lucid, um, because he's 91. So, and I'm, I'm really interested, like what's going to come up in this situation. You know, we're both adults now, even though he's 11 years younger than me, he's 37. We've, we both kind of made messes of our lives and then put them back together in ways I don't think the other person understands, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So yeah, sibling relationships can be really, really complicated. Really complicated. And I think you're right. Also damaging. I mean, it's, it's, he's made up for it in a million different ways as an adult, but um, some of my really like prehistoric notions about myself are from that dynamic. Right. It's not great. No, not great. And especially, obviously, older siblings have a huge influence. Um, But the problem is the oldest sibling, and challenges, the oldest sibling gets, absorbs so much of the brunt of the the parent's dysfunction Mm -hmm. that, like, you kind of feel like you have to put it somewhere, you know? (laughs) Right, right. Because it's just like you get so much, and they tend to mellow out as as the kids are born. You know, that's sort of the tendency. They're like, okay, we know how to do this. And, you know, maybe they even stop caring as much, you know, by third or fourth. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you, an oldest sibling, particularly an oldest daughter, that's not your situation, but particularly an oldest daughter really gets quite a lot of whatever a lot is for your parents. Yep. I can see that. I can see that. Um, a listener asked us about shoes. Shoes. <laughs> I'm just going to shift us off. They asked about, on Facebook, somebody asked us, what is the equivalent for fall of the 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 plastic, I don't know if we call them plastic, that might be trashy, the plastic Birkenstocks for spring? I mean, for right. summer. Do you for, have an answer? 
what what you wear instead of the plastic Birkenstock when it gets cool? That's the question. It's kind of the question, but what's like, you know, inexpensive? Yeah, you can wear it every day, you know, I, or I mean, we don't have to answer that. I don't have an answer for it. I've been thinking about it for days I, and I honestly don't have an answer for it. I mean, there's always the regular, like the, the cloggy looking Birkenstocks that they even make covered in shearling, but that gets kind of expensive. I cannot endorse Crocs. No, um, I, I almost, I was so close. And then I looked down and I was like, no. No, I will regret this. I'm so glad, honey, because I love that lady's faces jumpsuit you wear, but I just got an image of you wearing that with Crocs, and it was a lot. Here's the thing. I know. I know the line. I have a sense of the line. You do. You do. I I do. Because there's, there's a place where it just flips over into zany in a bad way, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and this is whatever, sometimes, you know, there's exceptions for every role, but it is that thing of like, you know, there's a certain age past where you can't really wear blue eyeshadow without being zany or, or, you know, pigtails and like colorful hair dye. It starts yeah. to look clowny, you know? Yep. Yep. It's really true. It's tricky, you know, and I, I, it makes me think one thing about being this age, which is that half of you is like, don't look at me. Like I wear big, dark eyeglass frames. Don't yes. look at me. And then the other half of me is like, look at me, look at me. Please still look at me. Yes, yes, yes. Please look at me a, a little, like see me the way I want to be seen. Yeah. Right. Um, with the shoe thing, I bought a couple of years ago. I have a couple of shoe thoughts. I bought a couple of years ago um, because I was because historically at Thanksgiving we go to Europe because um, the kid has a week off and it's an amazing time to go to Europe because there's not really any American tourists because it's Thanksgiving here and who we don't really care about Thanksgiving. So I was always like around that time looking for a shoe that could take me through you know, coldish weather, maybe wet weather, comfortable, you can walk in. And I found these um, like sort of Doc Martin ankle boots, not all the ties, but like a Doc Martin ankle boot. And they actually weren't too huge. They were too huge or clunky and they were waterproof. And I really, really liked them a lot as a, um, as a thing I wore with everything, skirts, you know, dresses, pants, everything. That was a, that was a good shoe and not that expensive, not as cheap as the Birkenstocks, but I think they're like a hundred and something and not high hundred and something. Well, you know, I just, I just had a brainstorm, which is that I bought these clogs, these like rubber clogs from Italy. They're called Calzuros, C-A-L-Z-U-R-O. We'll put it in the show notes Mm -hmm. and they cost like a hundred bucks and they come in all these cool colors, and I think that might be the solution our reader is looking for. That's a that's a cool idea. I mean, I'm terrible in a clog. I tip over in a clog. I really, <laughs> I, I want to be able to be a clog person, but it just never. I just flip an ankle all the time in a clog. I have flipped an ankle, but I still I still wear a lot of clogs. Yeah, I think you're sturdy. I think you just have a sturdier gait than I do. I'm kind of like <laughs> all over the place. Um, <laughs> no, a shoe I'm very interested. Do you know Sorrel? Yep. Okay, so there's a Sorrel combat boot that I am obsessed with that I'm about to order. Um, 
it's the I think it's called the Lennox and it's a lace-up but doesn't look too elaborate and too annoying it is a little bit of a chunky heel but not too much and I'm about to uh, pull the trigger on those because I really I kind of want that combat-y but not too big combat-y boot look but not a Doc Martin kind of like mm -hmm. um, Molly Ringwald in uh, 16 Candles just like except hers were or no it was not 16 Candles it was Breakfast Club the you know the tie up with the skirt boot mm -hmm. I really yep, I want that I'm looking at them right now the Le the Sorrel Lennox leather combat boots I think they're great yeah they're great I bought, I, I bought a pair a pair of lace-up boots last winter and I wear them a fair amount. You know, I think it's I think it's a cute look. It's a cute look. It's not a convenient look. Like if you're just like, I just want to get into this goddamn shoe and get out of the house, which is really half of my I think now I would say that's like 80% of my footwear choices at this point. Like how quickly <laughs> can I get this on and not not have it be a crock? Um yeah. is uh that's like 80%. But I was like, you know, I I could do a tie. I think I, 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 you know, I can functionally tie a tie. So I, you know, maybe I still should. Yeah. They also make lace up boots that zip, you know, that's so you true. don't have to unlace up that that's very, very, very handy. Yes. 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 Now I have something I've been thinking about. Please tell me. Um, I've been thinking this morning about how happy I am that I am not and do not care about being cool anymore. Like we were driving back from Philly this morning and we were listening to Chicago Saturday in the park, which suddenly is my jam. Wow. And you know, years ago when I was writing about rock music, that would have been my worst kept, you know, my, my, my most shameful secret that I was like Chicago. But it's it's really nice to just be at a point where you really don't fucking care about being cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, because the thing is, it's kind of, it's almost embarrassing, I think, to keep cool. It's like mm -hmm. as bad as like the, the, the glitter eyeshadow, you know, it's almost like you're <laughs> holding on to something. Yep. I feel like at a certain point, if you don't start just liking what you actually like and sorting that out and just you know enjoying the song like I feel like at a certain point that's just embarrassing and also limiting right mm -hmm. very although we know people who are still like holding it together trying to stay cool and I'm like just stop it's okay that's how I feel, you know, like of all the things I'd like to be described as right now, like cool's just not, not up there. No, I, my aspiration, do I, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but a couple of years ago, um, when Cookie Roberts died, I don't know if you remember when Cookie Roberts died and I don't know if I, I've talked about this. No, you haven't. Cookie Roberts died, um, NPR, there was just one remembrance after another. And they were, I mean, obviously people just loved Cookie Roberts. Mm -hmm. And like people were crying in the middle of them. It was, it was pretty intense. And on NPR, and I, somebody said, she was just a good person. She mm -hmm. was a really good person. And ever since I've heard that, I've realized that is really my aspiration at this point. 
mm-hmm. is to just leave this planet and have the people who are still here when I'm gone remember me as a good person. And that was not always the case. That was not always like the thing that I thought of. It seems like the thing you should always think of. It was certainly not the case for me for, you know, decades. I had other things on my mind. But now just like the the feeling of, you know, okay, I don't really feel like taking in my neighbor's trash can, but let me take in that trash can. My neighbor is an older an older woman um, who has some health problems. Let me volunteer to do this thing because I can. Not in like a martyrish way, but just like, let me take the extra step here that might be meaningful to somebody else. And I have been doing that more in my life and I found it to be very stabilizing and, and grounding. Yeah, it's good to be decent. You know, yes. it's, it's, you know, I was just telling you the other day about a really tough moment in my life when you left me a voicemail and said, I just want you to know you're a good person. And that meant so much to me because at that moment, I don't think anybody thought I was being a good person. But, you know, I do think about that. And, you know, my mom wears a bracelet. I think it's a bracelet. And it has all these beads on it. And she moves one bead over every time she does something for someone else. But she also can't talk about the thing she did. Yes. Yes. Right. Performative goodwill. (laughs) You know? Or yep. needing it to just make you feel like a good person rather than in the moment just doing the right thing. Like, I haven't told anybody about the trash can thing. I mean, I'm telling you now, but like, mm-hmm. it's not like a thing. I, I'm just like trying to, like, today I saw we were out of towels in the bathroom and normally I would just grab myself a towel. And instead I got a huge stack of towels and put them all in the bathroom. And I was like, mm-hmm. my family should have towels. I'm just trying to make... <laughs> They should. I'm just trying to make small, just small turns of the dial of just thinking of other people more than I have in my life, you know, when you get so caught up in your own stuff. Well, I mean, and I think that we both, like, we both can skew a little, I I can't speak for you. I can only speak for myself. And I don't think this of you, but I think thoughtful people who skew depressed or anxious are often really fucking self-involved. Yes. And it's it's hard not to be. When you're depressed, you are the most narcissistic, but it's very, very hard not to be. Yes. And if you are in socially anxious, if you have, you know, if, I'm working through that stuff, but some of this, some of what we're talking about takes like a confidence and a self-presence that I have not always had. Like to frame mm-hmm. that in a better way, you know, than just being self-involved. It's like... it's almost like you're paralyzed to do anything because you feel so bad about yourself that you don't even know if it would, it would matter. And then that feels so self-indulgent. And then the cycle sort of continues and continues and continues. Right. Yep. Yep. What have you been um, absorbing in culture lately? Anything? (laughs) (laughs) What have I been absorbing in culture? Um, I've been watching Mr. Robot Oh, I've never, I've never watched that because the reason I haven't watched it is because I think it does a thing that I can't handle, which is, is this real or is it not? A little. Okay. A little, but not too much. And and there are times when you're like, wait, how are those two people talking? And then Mm -hmm. you realize, okay, that's how they're talking. Okay. It's, it's about hackers. I would never think it was something that interested me, 
but it's really good in a kind of the American sort of way. And um, Rami Malek, is that his name? Yeah, Rami Malek, played, yeah, I think he's, so. He's fantastic. He plays a guy who's like, you know, super hacker, kind of on the spectrum, you know, like mm-hmm. his, he has a best friend who he's had since childhood, a girl and uh, a woman, and he hates the woman's boyfriend and the, because he's, he hacks everybody, so he knows the woman's boyfriend is cheating on her. And the woman's boyfriend goes, you know, I just don't like having this tension between us to him. And he mm-hmm. goes, I don't mind having the tension between us. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, so I've been watching that. Um, tell me what you've been consuming. Um, so I have, I watched The Chair with oh, Sandra Oh, I watched The o. Chair. I watched The Chair. How did you feel about that? You know, I- I really love Sandra O, oh. and turns out I really like Jay Duplass at least in yeah. this role. I thought he was excellent. I really liked him as a sort of like Michael Douglas Wonder Boys kind of mm-hmm, hapless mm-hmm. academic. Exactly. And I liked that she. I liked that it was something different. That it was like an older, single, a. Do- mom who had adopted, you know, like, and mm-hmm. was dealing with issues of having adopted a kid in that that we I've never seen talked about, and it was good to see. I really liked seeing Holland um, Holland Taylor Holland Taylor. I think that's right? her name. Yeah, she was yeah. hysterical. She was hysterical. You know, I don't know that it was like revolutionary television, but I really enjoyed it, and it really like kind of washed over me, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought it was sexy too. Some things just leave the system quickly. Like even yes. mo- movies that I really like, you know, sometimes they stick with me and sometimes I walk out of the theater and it's like, okay. Yes, same. I watch I've also been wa- watching um Work in Progress, which I really like a lot, which is a um comedy. Oh god, I'm forgetting the comedian's name, but it's a it's a comedy about um this this lesbian comedian and a lot of the lesbian community in Chicago and it is really funny and it's about her like struggling with her mental health but in a funny way but also about family and again about a certain stage of life I think I'm really enjoying I think she's in her 40s for sure and Sandra Oh in the chair is in her late 40s and I am watching I am enjoying watching shows about people our age very much and luckily there's quite a lot of them right now yep yep we never talked about mayor of east town which i ended up loving speaking of people around our age oh you finally watched it yeah i finally watched it i thought it it was amazing it was amazing amazing. and i don't want to give anything away but i kept waiting for the big twist people said oh there's a big twist Mm -hmm. what was the twist well the twist is the well there's a lot of twists and turns. No, there are twists and turns, but like there wasn't one massive twist. No, it wasn't a twist. Well, well, there is. I mean, he, well, first off the, her partner, I mean, okay. Spoiler alert. Just stop, pause for like the next 60 seconds or fast forward for the next 60 seconds. Her, when her partner gets shot, well, first off that he didn't solve that case. Yeah. And then you didn't find it shocking when he got shot. I was, I was floored when he got shot. I was surprised because it 
because you sort of thought he was going to be around for a little while. You can kind of, you know, whereas the girl who gets murdered, you know the minute they show her that she's the one who's going to get murdered. Oh, see, I don't know that I knew that. I was like, I was also, I was struggling with different things because I was like trying, I was, the first episode, I was very distracted by the place because I was like, what do I know here? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's set in where I grew up. And I was like, oh, do I know that location? Do I know that location? Et cetera, et cetera. So no, but the, yeah, the twist is, um, that's, 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 that's not the twist. It's the surprise because what, when you take away a main character like that in a show, it, it reveals to me that the show is going to be different than what I thought because there's yep. a safety in watching a show with all the main characters. You're always like, well, that person can't die. That's a main character. Right, right, right. And that's right. what I, that's what I yeah. love about Game of Thrones too. They take out like the guy you think is going to be the dramatic lead of the whole show. Yes, they take them. They take them out all. They take them out all the time to the point that, like, well, well, you'll see. That's a, that's a devil. I just keep saying you'll see, and at some point when you're on season, I forget where the turn happens. Then we can have a conversation about my sour feelings about Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, um, I, I don't plan on watching much beyond where I am now, which is season three. But I've actually also been listening to um, Binge Mode about Binge Mode is a podcast series that The Ringer does. And okay. they have one for Game of Thrones. It's very enjoyable. I've been listening to Maintenance Phase, which is an excellent, excellent podcast debunking the wellness industry, but not the way I've seen it debunked before, which is like, you know, let's poke fun at Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. This is, it's the same uh, guy who does um, You're Wrong About. Mm-hmm. And... It really goes through like things like the master cleanse, celery juice. You know, each mm-hmm. episode is dedicated mm-hmm. to some wellness trend. And really, it's it's really changing my mind about a lot of things mm. that I, you know, that I either participated in when I was younger or, you know, the, the way the, the ways in which like cleansing was really disordered eating, mm-hmm. you know? Well, there's um, actually, there's yeah. a name for it, orthorexia. Ooh. Orthorexia is when you are underweight because you do like basically trendy diet trends. Well, I didn't know that, but I also like my parents had the original Master Cleanse book. My parents <laughs> were like big, you know, wellness people in the 70s, like when it was all crunchy co-ops and carob, you yeah. know? It's yeah. like <laughs> hilarious. Um so I sort of was raised with that almost in a in a religious way. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to reframe a lot of that stuff, which made me feel kind of crazy because, as we've talked about before, when you really get deep into wellness, there's always the impetus is on you to be able to heal your body. Like, yeah. oh well if you if you only if you only ate beets and not carrots, you'd be fine. Right. You know? Right. So but I've been listening to maintenance phase. And the other thing I watched was, and I watched it a while ago, but we haven't talked about it, was I watched the Anthony Bourdain uh, movie. Really? I, I have not. Tell me about it. Well, and what is it called? I'm forgetting what it's called. I'm forgetting too. Road Roadrunner? No. Road like something. something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's like something like Roadrunner. I'm going to look it up while we're talking. But um, it it's kind of disturbing because you see that like he could have made a turn to grow up, to emotionally grow up 
and you know get into the family that he loved, the woman that he loved. Roadrunner, it is called Roadrunner. So there's a point in his life where, you know, he's always, you know, he's addicted to adventure. He's addicted mm-hmm. to experiences, you know, as many addicts are, because he mm-hmm. had been an addict before. And he's just, he's got to be living at a fast pace, you know, bah, 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 bah. everything he does, he throws himself into that really like intense energy. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is a man who needs therapy, but because this kind of addiction, the addiction to doing more and to, you know, experiencing more is something that is exalted, particularly in our, our culture, you know, Mm -hmm. like FOMO and, you know, just, of course, if you could see it, you could be it, you know, all of that shit. There's a moment where he, he truly falls in love, um, with the woman that he marries and he has a child and you know, he starts getting bored Hmm. and he, he makes a turn to leave this woman and this child. Not that he had to stay with them, but then just starts living very chaotically again. Like while he was with them, he was like working out. He was like trying martial arts and they were doing martial arts together and he was living a more quiet life and he takes a turn again and his energy gets really, really intense and he gets involved in this relationship that really seems explosive and he starts treating everybody um, on his team, the producers who have been working with him for years, he starts treating them really poorly. And this documentary gets really upsetting because they're like, they loved him so much and they're crying about it. Mm. And he just self-destructs. But it's really interesting because going back to the beginning of this conversation about being boring and you saying, you know, I don't want to be cool anymore. These are the things. This is what happens when you get older. And if you don't accept this, if you're still running at something Mm -hmm. in that way, in that frenetic way, like I just, you know, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. I think it's so damaging. Well, and obviously, it's damaging to his mental health, but yeah. I'm thinking about the AA joke, my favorite drug is more. Mm. You know? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah. And it's a, um, it really stayed with me because, you know, people loved him. Yeah. And he lived a life that from the outside was a dream to many people like oh my god he traveled the world and he was so accomplished and you know he had so much money and you know he's in his 50s and has this really hot girlfriend and they're you know he even got very intensely into the me too movement but in a way that felt overboard like yeah. that's how that's how they that's how the people who knew him explain it hmm. and it's it's really it's it's you know it's really sad, but it's, it's really worth seeing, I think, because it's really an examination of a life um, that I found profoundly interesting and also a lot to learn from. Yeah, poor Anthony Bourdain. And now let's take a quick break for some ads. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. No, I've been thinking, oh my God, this is about to take the darkest turn. What can we talk about? <laughs> you started it. I did. I did. I did. I did. Oh my God. What have I been watching? I've been watching Ted Lasso, but I don't think this season is as good as the last season. Oh, so that's not even a happy moment. Yeah, no, no, no. I've watched a few episodes of Ted Lasso, but I haven't gotten deeply into it yet. The first season, oh, the, the second season. You saw the first season already. No, I didn't see all of it. I saw some of it. Okay. Um, do you want to know the least cool thing that I am doing? Please. Oh, so uncool. I am watching, I'm watching every episode of Friends. Why? Because I find it soothing. Okay. Because I find it soothing and like I watch like an episode a night. It's like 21 minutes. I watched two episodes last night. I think like last night there was some real tense homework situation happening with my child. <laughs> and it was not my night to do homework with with Charlotte. So I was just like, I'm just going to watch three episodes of Friends and just, just sort of like zone out of this very tense homework situation that if I kind of got involved in, I wouldn't have been helpful anyway. Mm -hmm. Um but I've been watching Friends and I realize that 
and not that it's garbage, but it's first off, it's a show I've already seen. It's not like it's, you know, edifying in any way, but sometimes I just don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to constantly be making myself smarter. Sometimes I just want to zone out. Sweetie, you're, you're talking to somebody who plays Saturday in the park by Chicago every morning. <laughs> you don't have to worry. That's number one. Number two, did I ever tell you that I met Jennifer Aniston once? No. <laughs> I met her when I was the entertainment editor at Elle magazine. You know how they always, publicists were always trying to get you to do desk sides where like they would come in and talk about a beauty product or if there was an actress in a new TV show, they would have her come up to the office and you never wanted to do them, ever. Who wanted to do the concept of a desk side, which is exactly for listeners, is exactly what you think it is. You're at your desk doing your actual job <laughs> and somebody has to come by and it's like a, it's like a, it's a dog and pony show, like da, 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 da. and you have to be like, hello. Oh, thanks for showing me your wares. It's horrible. It's horrible. Well, that I had a desk side with Jennifer Aniston. It was right before Friends went on the air, and we were working on our fall preview issue. And um, the publicist called up, and I had seen the show, and I could, you know, everybody was saying it was going to be huge. And so she came up, and she was very nice, a little pretty nervous um, and shy. I offered her a Diet Coke, she declined. She wore a lot of makeup, and that is my impression of Jennifer Aniston. Pre-fame. Um, no, I also have been watching, because then I, I watch their faces, and I'm like, then I, like, I do a lot of in life right now, like, what work did that person have done? Like mm-hmm. the forensics, like I'm CSI, plastic surgery. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm like, is that a, is that a neck lift? Is that a full face lift? Is that just Botox? Is that filler? Is that lip filler? Is that the lip flip? You know the lip flip? No, I do not. The lip flip is I don't I don't really understand it, but basically they give you some kind of Botox on your on you can't see me right now, but they and nobody can, but then they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> they give you some kinds of Botox on your lip that flips your lip up so it looks fuller. It's instead of getting a lip Weird. injection. Yes. So it like flips it up a little bit. And it, what it also gives you is a kind of, you know how lions have that like sort of puffed up thing be- between their nose and their lip. It kind of gives you like lion upper lip Ew. when you get it. I know. Well, if you, you'll now, now you'll be able to spot it just in case you wanted to live like I live. <laughs> um, but I have, I do look at them and it's not critical. It's more curious. I'm not like, oh, mm-hmm. she shouldn't have gotten that. I'm more like, what did she do? No, it's you know? re, it's research. I mean, for me, yes. it would be research. Yeah, it is. It is research. Although I'll say after the Linda Evangelista thing with the cool sculpting, I was just like, maybe this just needs to end. Like, maybe we just need to stop this bullshit. Maybe, maybe. But not not before I get a little bit of work done. Not until I just get a little bit around my eyes. I don't I, know. I know. I feel the same way. And I have full disclosure. And I kind of got tricked into it, the cool sculpting. But I had cool sculpting done on my chin years ago. I had gone in. And the woman, I, I wrote an essay about this. Because I went in just for Botox. It was my first time getting Botox. Just to get Botox in the 11s. Because they had like... They had become like a thousand one hundred and eleven, and I just was <laughs> like, "Just please, you know, do something to this." And the doctor just was staring at my chin, and then brought in other doctors, 
and was like, she has a, do you know that you have a perfect ball of fat? That is a perfect <laughs> ball of fat. And they were all staring at me like the way they stared at like Rosemary's baby. <laughs> like like there were four of them. <laughs> I'm remembering. I read this piece. It was yes. great. So they told me, you know, you'll love it. You'll never regret it. And, um, and then all of a sudden I was strapped. I was like, okay, fine. I didn't even ask what price it was. All of a sudden I was strapped to like a, a whole thing around my head and like just this horrible pain, which they froze off my extra chin fat. And afterwards I had a bruise for like a giant bruise for like a week that looked like, it looked like a giant hickey, which again was in the piece. It looked like I had gotten a hickey from like a bear and <laughs> it was, it was, you know, and here's the truth. They were right. I did love it. I have not regretted it. It did take out my double chin, which I never even realized I had until that moment, but it did make my profile nicer. And I hate that, but it's true. Don't hate it. It just is. Listen, I'm going to admit that I got cool sculpting also about five or six years ago on my stomach and it did nothing. Nada. Which is the case. It works for some people and not for others. But um, the Linda Evangelista thing we're talking about is that she just revealed that she had cool sculpting that went totally wrong and um, left deposits of fat on her body or re reconfigured All over, because she got it all over her body. Oh, my God. She got it all over her body, and what it did was it, it expanded, right, it, it made the fat, like, it made the fat go into overdrive and so mm. it became bigger. It's just, it's, that's why I'm saying like, what well, maybe this should end, but again, it's not, it's not going to. Well, you know, I mean, I was looking forward to getting some injections and then you told me yesterday that your mom said that women are having a bad reactions who've been um, vaccinated I don't know if that's true. Like you can't, you can't just, you can't just trust my mom. Really, (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I'm, I'm like, what can I? I, I'm, I'm in the mood for a little something, you know. Yeah, you know what? If you're really in the mood for a little something, it's the lasers. It's the lasers. They're like the least invasive, and like the Ulthera is amazing. I had that done a couple of years ago. That was incredible. That lasts like two or three. Right. It does hurt, but they do numb you, and they also give you a painkiller. Like you can't drive yourself home after it because they give you like a strong painkiller. That thing takes like four years off your face and lasts for like three years. I gotta do that. It's expensive, but it's it's really it's. That was that was incredibly effective, and the clear and brilliant laser, uh, the just the clear and brilliant like laser, takes really makes your skin pigmentation really smooth, and gets rid of like the the finest lines because it just kind of resurfaces your face, but not in a way that's like a weird chemical peel where you have to like have that raw face for days. I never did that, but no, yeah, the clear and brilliant just kind of it's like. A couple of days after it, you have like a little like as if you'd sanded your face, like a little bit of dust, and that's right. it. That's like a very worthwhile one. And those things are, you know, minimally invasive, if invasive at all. Yeah. That's my recommendation. That's good. You know, we really do need to we do need to have a beauty episode where all we talk about is injections, lasers, and plastic surgery. 
yes, we, we do need to have that. But I kind of dread it because I hate going down that path because it also spirals me into vanity in a way that I'm like trying to remove myself from. I understand that, but I think a certain level of vanity is just the price of doing business. I think so too, to some degree, but then look at Kim Gordon, who I've seen, that is a celebrity for some reason. I think she lives in my neighborhood ish Mm -hmm. is a celebrity. I have seen pre pandemic more than I've seen any famous person in my life, like (laughs) getting a burrito. There's Kim Gordon, you know, (laughs) (laughs) hilarious. just sitting, sitting down, having a glass of wine with my husband. And there's Kim Gordon on a date, you know, next to us at the bar. Like anyway, no work. You can tell there's been no work on Kim Gordon and she looks fine. She looks I mean, fine. She'll... She looks good, you know, but I, yeah, I mean, how could Kim Gordon get plastic surgery? That's like plastic surgery is not very punk rock. No, cause I don't think Kathleen Hanna has either. Interesting. Well, Kathleen Hanna is younger than me. So it'd be surprising if she's had that much. Well, but no, but she has the she has the 11s, which is usually the first, the telltale sign of no, because most people get that. The most people who get anything done get that done. Yeah, you know, I was in a, I woke up in a hotel this morning and I looked in, you know, when you look in a different mirror than the one you're used to looking at? Yes, yes. And you notice things that maybe you wouldn't notice on your home mirror. I was like, fuck, do I have lines on my forehead? Like barely. They're there though. They're there. They're there. Barely. I can hold I can hold a penny in mine. You barely have a line. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I can I can almost hold a dime. Okay, I will say. That's hilarious. I can almost hold a dime. And usually what I notice in the new mirror is a full mustache. I'm always shocked at how much mustache I have. What I have um is much chin hair. Like not even blonde, like transparent chin hair. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's white. <laughs> I can't get it with a tweezer. I have to take my finger. I have to take my thumb and my forefinger and like pluck them out. Wow. Okay. I can get them with the tweezer, but it's hard. It's hard to get them because also here's another aging thing. My glasses situation, my corrective lenses, I don't have the quite the corrective lenses, contacts, glasses, anything to see clearly under my chin. (laughs) (laughs) I can totally relate. You know what may help? I got a very small magnifying mirror, which affixes to my bathroom mirror. Okay. Sometimes that helps. I don't I like, think that's what I need. I don't, you know, I'm very careful how I use it because magnifying mirrors are really a tool of the devil if you're feeling insecure about your skin. Right, 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 right. Look, I'll say this again. I think you look great. And yesterday, I thought I looked great. I you don't do know how it's going to be tomorrow or the next day. But like, there is the other thing of like, because you can just, the reason I don't like to talk about it too much is because once you start pulling the thread, of course, there's a million things you could do. Yes. Yes, it's true. But you just can't fall down. You can't fall down into the hole with all those things. They're all just like exciting, fun possibilities. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. Oh my God. Look, we talked for a long time. We talked for a long time and you know, I don't, let's not launch into a new thing because (laughs) who knows where it'll go. Um, But I feel like we did leave things on a kind of weird note, but all right, we're going to have an upcoming (laughs) beauty episode. So here we go. (laughs) 
thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, rate and review it on the platforms. It really helps us build audience. If you want bonus episodes or if you want to be a part of our monthly uh, live event series, please join our Patreon at patreon.com backslash everything is fine. We had a great event last night. It was very exciting. Um, Super fun. Super super fun. fun. Super good group of women. And we're talking about all of these things that we're talking about on the podcast, except more interactively. Yes. You can also find the show on Instagram at EIF podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can email us at everythingisfindthepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.